Hi, I'm Jen Schwartz. This is Think Fit, Be Fit. This podcast is all about not just doing fitness, but being fit. Welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name is Jen Schwartz. And this is the second episode of the second season, a Lab of Me episode, which I'm titling Finding the Right Me Search. And I also want to say that after taking about two months off from creating podcast content and writing show notes and chasing my tail and managing a pretty busy practice, how to retract. Um, that period I was super creative, had a lot of fun um, just thinking about the things that I wanted to teach. The first season was all about figuring out if all this was viable, if the stuff that I had been teaching for 10 plus years was going to translate into reaching a bigger audience and showing that we are, we can change our bodies by the way that we see exercise. And I think this is very significant. Uh, and how I use that idea and that philosophy and how I teach it to young athletes who are preventing injury in, and thriving in, in learning about a sport um, and preserving their orthopedic health to the people with pretty poor orthopedic health. Um, my typical client in the studio for muscle activation techniques, which is a system to increase the health of the neuromuscular system and the function of it, and it really helps a lot of different types of injuries. My typical client has, you know, three or four significant injury injuries in their history and two of those issues are usually chronic meaning they deal with it on a pretty regular basis and it stops them from doing the stuff that they love and or being with their family or you know doing having freedom in their body and and on the even I see people with even more injuries, and then I see people with less, right? And how I define injury is actually going to be on a separate podcast because I think it's really important. However, for this podcast, me search in the lab of me, we're gonna going to uh, talk about supplements and active recovery and what I'm doing now to chase a 200-pound back squat. So. The first thing on the menu is we're going to have to define me search as a little pun for research about yourself and taking a N of one thought process to your body and improving your health. So the important thing to do is understand that to be uh, – to have exercise as a part of your life and you're thriving and breaking out of the constraints that Western medicine 
and society has about our bodies, we have to think differently about exercise. So one of those things is we have to experiment and be open-minded and actually and be a critic and almost a cynic of the fitness model as we know it, like the conventional way of getting fit, which we've I spoke about so many times and all the problems that I see in the clock in, clock out, just exercising to do it mentality. Um, so to really like gr be solid and have a good foundation about what you're doing in the gym, you have to be critical and a critical thinker about many aspects of the fitness culture that we know. So that's number one. Number two is we have to find a data point to work with almost every single exercise, every workout. And what I mean by a data point is taking inventory of what your body is capable of that day. So this can be as simple as squatting with a mirror and assessing your imbalances and or movement imbalances. Like, you know, your left side needs some work uh, with coordination or strength or both. And you have two points of data to watch in that squat to determine your course for the next 10, 15 minutes to prepare your body for the best workout possible. Or it can be as complicated as using a, uh, a specialist like myself. Um, we use muscle testing as a way to get feedback from the body or something as cool and interesting as something called HRV, which is heart rate variability. And that is like um, a tacky kind of uh, wearable sensor. And we can talk more about that, but it's a great way to understand how your body is responding to the stress of the day. Like walking into your workout, you can answer the question, what is the pre-stress state of my body? Meaning like you're going into the gym or the workout class or whatever it is or the pool and you know that exercise is a stress because you think that be fit, right? You understand that exercise creates a state that in your body that your immune system and nervous system have to respond to. It's taking Exercise is taking you out of very efficient blood pressure and very efficient heart rate. So when your blood starts pumping harder and your, you know, and um, your breathing rate changes and your body temperature changes, you understand that that is a stress and your body has to respond to that, especially if it's a very uh, heavy workout. So you want to know before you get into the gym what your body, how your body's going to respond to that. That's what HRV can do. So, uh, like I said, we'll get into that. Um, it, I'm th just throwing around some ideas here about what else could help. Um, you can ch check the range of motion, have a comparable range of motion um, from your left side to your right side. So if you're, if you're dealing with rotator cuff pain or injuries and you know that today you have to strengthen the 
front of your shoulders or your chest or your the top, or just different parts of your shoulders. You can have a, a like a system of checks and balances of how how much each joint is moving around the shoulder. That is a data point and definitely something for video. Um, my movement pathways course, which is in the show notes and on my bio, is all about teaching data points and how to assess your body. I had to check the microphone to make sure it was still recording because truth be told, I have no idea what I'm doing sometimes with technology. Um, anyways, so, uh, <laughs> sorry, I got to laugh at myself. Laugh break. Um, <laughs> so I was, um, so the data points that I want to teach people really is tailor, how to tailor your exercise, really, to take inventory every time. And that's something we're going to go over in depth. In my classes, there'll be audio and visual components of that, not just sexy podcast time. So Movement Pathways is the uh, name of the course, and I, I have other things that I would like to plug, but we're not going to do that today. We're just going to do a lab of me. So me search, back to that. The bottom line of me search is, elevating your body's performance by doing the right me search, like finding the right things that work for you, understanding the variables that will contribute to success or failure. So how that needle is moving each way and based on your data points, like how, um, you know, where you're at basically. So this requires a curiosity. It requires believing in your body and trusting it and trusting a process. This is huge for people. Um, what a major cognitive barrier to being involved in a process and trusting the process and truly having results for what matters the most, which is exercise longevity, um, is having too much of a goal fixation. So it's, uh, it's like you only have a one track way of looking at a, you know, uh, a clear path to point A to point B and not appreciating that there are many different ways to get to the same place. Do you know what I mean? So, so I just pulled up the, this Harvard business review on unleashing creativity and I love this little guide. The HBR has like these $20 guides. They have one on strength training and exercise that is actually pretty good. Um, and they have this guide out, I guess, for more corporate and I, I don't even know. It's for the corporate world and thinking creatively and goal, goal fixedness is how they describe it and they're taking all these like psychological terms of psychology and cognitive behavior and cognitive uh, what's the corporate culture type of stuff and uh, they use the example of how most people 
think of using glue or tape. They're forms of adhesive, but if asked, um, would you fasten something to the can? And like just using a specific verb like adhere, fasten, you're more likely to prompt a wider range of possibilities just by um, changing like one word. Does that make sense? So their overall saying, what they're saying overall is that because of a goal being phrased a certain way, it narrows people's thinking, which is a barrier to real problem solving. And when it comes to the human body, to actually problem solve and answer most of the questions of being fit you have to think like an engineer, which is kind of depressing and not uh, optimistic because you don't have a lifetime or another five years to like learn anatomy and physiology and understand biomechanics just so you can preserve your health and your joints, right? Like you have to work to be able to buy programs of mine or my services because like you need the problem solving approach if you've had certain injuries. However, I'm laying this out um, because I believe that even some of the most simple tips and examples in my leadership can help people break out of their own cycle of bad, bad exercise and chronic injury. Point of that is to actually get real me search going, you have to understand um, that this is a problem solving approach and trusting the process is 100% necessary. Um, But also being critical of your process and having good data points to measure your progress and what your body is doing day to day. So this lab and me, let's get into it. We're already 10 minutes in and I need to tell you about how I'm doing that because that's what Lab Me is about. Showing you how I do it with my knowledge base, right? How I approach this. And um, okay, so first of all, the goal is a 200 pound back squat. Just one time. I don't need to do two. I don't need to do three. And to get this out of the way, I just have to say I'm not doing the most basic approaches, right? I've got a complicated injury history. My knees aren't that great. I mean, actually, they are pretty great because I've worked at it. <laughs> and But on an x-ray and in the orthopedics doctor in the medical office, if he were just looking at my x-rays and not testing my function and seeing me move and assessing my muscular system and how it's functioning just by looking at the MRI and by x-rays, the imaging, is this, that's what it's called, by looking at the images and the imaging of my knees, they would tell me not to do half the stuff that I do exercise-wise. And that is scary because I'm going to be 37 in exactly a month. It's March 7th, so now you all know my birthday is April 7th, and um, I plan to live pretty long, and most of us are going to live into the three digits, 
that's the reality of today. Like that's, yeah. Um, but I'm not going to do that in chronic pain or an aching, broken body. So I'm trying not to get too worked up on that one. Um, so my goal is ambitious and I have a bigger goal that only a few of my closest confidants know about. I'm not ready to declare yet. Um, so my big goal, my, but it's only like, um, this is happening in April that I'm hitting this 200 pound one rep max back squat. I'm probably not going to go higher than that. There's more goals to be had. I'll change my goal. It's not going to be like just squat oriented. I don't need a 300 pound squat. I don't think that's whatever. Um, but I'm going to get to that 200 pound back squat probably in mid to late April. Um, and so the first thing I did is I hired someone, his name's Evan, who is a geek for this stuff. And you know, I'm a geek for exercise and philosophy and psychology and pain science and muscle function. I am not a geek for something called, uh, periodization. Now I understand the concepts and, and I can apply it to a bigger uh, organization as I do at Alexandria Soccer, and I can help college players with their cycling and periodization, which is just really a yearly calendar of how you're going to um, look at a long-term goal and, and planning it out. That's what it is. It's like in in financial terms, it's like a Q1 through four like plan. That's it. <laughs> it's a financial year. Uh, planning. That's how, that's, that's essentially what periodization is. Like you have a long-term goal and you know what you got to do in Q1, 2, and 3, and 4, right? So um, I can periodize on the bigger scale, but there's another way of periodizing for individual athletes that I am not an expert in. I'm not a geek for this at all. So I hired someone, his name's Evan. I already said that. You're welcome. And he, um, him and I met several years ago because I use trainers as a referral source for my muscle activation techniques business. And he's a a follower of a man named Charles Poliquin. And Charles Poliquin is the ultimate mm, muscle geek and nutrition and through his uh, resources and things that I've read and experienced with my own diet and supplementing and weight training. So he has taught me a lot. So I wanted to go to someone who has worked with him directly, and that's why I picked Evan. So, <clears throat> and he he follows and goes to classes like a real student with an open mind and that's also another reason I chose him so because he can he can think through uh modalities and training concepts with a critical mind so that's a really big part of something I'm going to share later not today later on with the, the, which is the five point uh, micro strategy for doing me search. 
So we've got, you got to have a critical thinker in your corner, whether that's you or someone else, you got to do it. Got to have someone who's going to tell you the downsides of the chosen path, right? You got to have someone who can help you with um, finding your way through obstacles, whether they be mental or physical. So I help people with a lot of physical barriers, right? With with MAT. And um, so he programmed me four days a week of strength training. And another two days a week is active recovery of my own choice or a light workout. Um, the four days of strength training include front squats, back squats, uh, some deadlifts, a version of a deadlift. And they're all very specifically and, and some chin-ups, um, and rows, so we have a whole body strengthening program in these four days. And they have a very specific tempo and a very, and everything has a place. Like everything makes sense in this program, right? And he took his time and explained to me each item. And this was also like he came and did an assessment on me and my range of motion for the specific goal, which is the back squat. And I get feedback from him and data points. We discuss back and forth um, on video feedback. He's only come out and seen me once. I paid him for the program and he's doing this all at a distance. I don't actually have him counting my reps or my tempo when I'm working out, but he is available for feedback and video feedback is great. So um, that's the the structure, the overview of the program. And then he's like, okay, sleep uh, and nutrition journal. So I've done about two weeks of that. So I'm only recording my nutrition on training days. It's just kind of what I can handle. Um, and he's, you know, he's he understands that a little bit. He's meeting me halfway on that. He's like, yes, that's good. But he wants to know my sleep quality. He wants to know what if I'm waking up during the night, what time I'm waking up. And um, he wants to know how much water I'm drinking every day, which reminds me, let's get a sip of water. He wants to know the timing of my food, the timing of my workout and when I'm eating. So he's just working on one thing at a time, right? So first it was range of motion and the actual programming. Then the second thing is this uh, nutrition thing. And we're not counting macros. We're not counting protein. He is concerned about the timing of the food and the workout and my water and um, supplements. So I shared my supplements with him and he gave me feedback on that. And then I... And then the sleeping thing, that's the next part. I haven't um, been writing down my sleeping patterns. I, I I don't think it's that much more work. It's literally numbers, but I just kind of forget to do it. And then you forget, like, what time you went to bed the night before and, like, whatever. Um, so I'll get to it. I promise I'll be a good me-search student. And the point of this is I know a lot of stuff, but I also know my limits. Like, I know that I'm busy. 
uh, and that I if I don't if I don't get this programmed well, I'm not going to hit 200 pound back squat first of all, and two, um, I mean I just could just go underneath the bar and try it, but I believe that I that's not safe and it's you know it's stupid. Um, what else I do believe is pretty silly is uh, if you have a number-oriented goal like I do, um, just going to the gym and putting more weight on a one-rep max isn't necessarily a smart way. So just going into each workout with a PR, like a personal best, a personal record in mind every single time is not process-based thinking. That's not trusting the process. That is, that's risky. And a lot of people get away with it for months, even years. But I'm not willing to do that because I have a bigger picture. I have longevity in mind. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to just talk through um, some other points. He um, is very, Evan is very focused on lab results, meaning blood tests for nutrition. I haven't had any in a while, so I actually need to put my big girl pants on and get something called a micronutrient test. Um, I can hand over that info if you want it. Um, not my blood test results, but how to find a good source of functional medicine testing. Your regular standard conventional Western medical doctor is not going to understand that you want to take supplements if your levels are decent, right? Like, meaning minerals. They don't, they're not going to meet you halfway and understand that you might want to supplement your exercise with supplements because um, they don't see you as medically important. You're not sick. Like, their numbers don't necessarily meaning the, the RDA is like what they consider um, a prescriptive amount of vitamins, minerals, et cetera, amino acids. Not having, they're just not going to see this possibility. But a functional medicine doctor, on the other hand, understands working towards human potential, meaning like improving, optimizing when you're already feeling good. Um, that's two very different viewpoints on medicine and health. However, both, um, both like a, a functional medicine doctor is not always an MD. Um, they can be chiropractors sometimes or NDs, a naturopath, or DO, a doctor of osteopath. Um, anyways, so I gave him my supplements and... Most of them are focused. I don't have many supplements. Uh, so our, his suggestion now was to work in some post-workout amino acid supplementation. Um, I have not pulled the trigger on that yet. So I got to decide if I'm going in that direction. Um, if I feel like the cost is worth the potential benefit because there's no guarantee. And if I'm not testing my blood... Um, there's really no way to know unless I'm doing the correct me search and coming back to um, 
the data points that I believe are important for my body. So my data points that I keep checking with exercise have to do with my knees and my hips and using the dorsi squat uh, analysis and my uh, knowledge of muscle activation techniques. So the advantage that I have in all of this is honestly knowing my body really well and knowing where it's coordinated and knowing where I need to ensure extra strength and tension around those muscles to protect those areas, which is a big topic in movement pathways, if not one of the main topics, is knowing when to employ exercises for injury prevention and improving your body immediately. So most of my supplements have a component of, um, there's some kind of gut focused or digestion focused. So I take something called Restore, which is from a, um, a practice out of Virginia. Actually, his name is Dr. Zach Bush. Incredible man. Um, I only know this because I've just listened to several podcasts that he has, uh, been a guest on and it he's pretty incredible and wants to change the world with uh, changing how we digest food and how we plant food and agriculture in general so he's that's pretty interesting that's really made a difference for me restore I take a gut shot meaning like probiotic like pickle juice basically and um, it's it's really good I think it tastes good and I just know I respond better to those type of probiotics rather than popping a pill. Um, and so my other um, my other supplements are from my acupuncturist to basically just help my body um, I don't know stay balanced in their way, which is which is another place to find a data point is from an acupuncturist. Um, if they're, um, if they communicate well with you, um, because honestly, acupuncture is only as good as like, I think the communication is between the doctor and the patient, because there's so many possibilities with acupuncture, and the better you know your body, like, and the better feedback you give them, the better they can do, um, and, and find the right solution for you, um, so, uh, I have a cranberry complex from her. I also have a, it's basically a colon cleanse. Um, I don't take it every day, uh, but I have strict instructions on how to use it. And then, um, what else do I take? I take a protein supplement, collagen. I take omega-3s. And if I'm not eating fish four times a week, I take omega-3s at the end of the week. I take digestive enzymes before I eat, which reminds me I'm hungry. And I take, I'm drawing blanks here because I don't have all of them in front of me because I'm in Colorado. Of course, how could I forget my sleep supplements? I have this like homeopathic one that I just happen to find that works really well. Um, anyways, it tastes like a cocktail. <laughs> that might be why I like it. 
tastes like B&B, if anybody knows what that is. But anyways, it's a homeopathic, like, herbal thing, that herbal thing um, that just happened to, I don't know, my boyfriend, like, picked it up for some reason. And then topical magnesium, like, my, one of my staples for easily, oh, yeah, 10 years, yeah. Uh, that was a very important supplement for me. It helps me sleep. It helps my, um, I, I think it really helps me maintain a pain-free knees, even have, like, despite having pretty bad arthritis, um, I have zero knee pain. Um, and I think magnesium, I, I really do. So what I just said is kind of frustrating. Like, I don't know if that is one of the contributors to being pain-free with arthritis. Um, but you have to be okay with that when you're doing research. There's no definitive answer to that. And that's me making a bet on my experience and my research and the research of others that I've trusted, including a functional medicine doctor. Um, and that's okay with me. What I just said isn't okay with everyone. And if it's like, that's not okay with you. Um, I don't know. There's probably some questions you can ask yourself as to why, like what part of that don't you trust? Is it because you're such a well-read scientist that you haven't found the evidence to support uh, this particular supplement for this particular ailment for this particular type of arthritis? Or, um, and if that's the case, good for you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you're a good reader, I guess. Uh, and a, well, a good student. Um but if you, if that's not your scenario, like, why do you vote against yourself? You know what I mean? Like, why do you vote against your body? And that it's not going to play well with a certain supplement. And it's not going to be the one thing. First of all. It's n there's never one thing <laughs> when it comes to exercise and health. It is a compounding effect on your body. All the things that you do are compounding. Every little improvement that you make, you, I think I talked about this last time. Um, and this, that, <laughs> and it's because I'm fixated on it right now. Like you, <laughs> like I have certain fixations and people that I read about, um, authors that I choose to learn from. And one of those is um, Adam Robinson, who's actually the creator of the Princeton Review. He has several books out on learning. I am completely obsessed with him and not completely obsessed with him. That's wrong. I hang on to every word that comes out of his mouth or from his books. And he follows me on Twitter. That is super cool. And he also responds to me. So I have no idea if it's him um, or, you know, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't even open Twitter, but I don't care. Uh, 
it makes me feel special and I so appreciate his brain. So uh, that's maybe why I'm fix fixated on compounds um, because he is like a hedge fund manager and talks about compounding a lot. And it has the same in self-improvement, learning and fitness. They all have a compounding effect. I think that is a great place to end <laughs> um, because if you didn't listen to more than four words today, uh, take <laughs> take those with you. Exercise, learning, self-improvement, finances, uh, they have compounds, compounding effects on your body, your health, in the way that you see the world, in the way that you see you view your body and view how it can improve through exercise. So keep building this library of good experiences with exercise by using MeSearch and finding data points. If you need help learning these things, ding, pew, pew, I have a program for you. And movement pathways. The other thing I can offer for free, completely free, is the strategic goal grid. And that is a business, what we call that, that's a business strategy concept that I have put into a, what is it? put into the context of exercising without injuries and finding effective exercise. So it's, it's really just leaving the possibility of trying and hoping for things to work and entering the domain of doing the right things for your body and the domain of making good exercise choices and understanding some science behind that. So the strategic goal grid is designed for you to organize your thoughts, hopes, dreams, and physical or mental limitations around exercise into a nice grid so you can make some real decisions. And it's a really good place for my clients to start. I don't necessarily give them the strategic goal grid. I actually just talk through it and make notes, and then I help them make the decision but I make sure that they're making the decision not me I'm not telling them what to do I say these are the facts the artifacts and here is what you're currently capable of doing so don't do x y and z because this does not fit into this paradigm do a b and c those are just my suggestions and whatever they come back with is their decision obviously um, I only see them for an hour or two a week or maybe even a month, an hour a month, and they're asking me exercise advice. I always go back to the strategic goal grid that I made, that I make for each client, and um, I help them make a decision based on that. So you can do that for free. Go to the show notes or my Instagram, click on the link tree, and you'll find it there. Thanks for listening. I will see you on Instagram or probably not anywhere else, but <laughs> if you've got some ideas, uh, let me know if you're in the DMV. I have treadmill analysis, 
squat analysis events once a month. And our next one is actually March 17th, which is in 10 days. I have a few spots open there. I have a live workshop coming up. Um, and then there's always the opportunity just to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, which is the highest price point, but super effective. Anyways, have a wonderful week and think fit, be fit. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and comment, like, dislike, just give me some feedback on Facebook and Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness. Thank you.